Section 8 of By the Marshes of Minas. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Prajakta. The Marshes of Minas by Sir Charles G. D. Roberts. Brown Witch and Black Abbey, Part 2. She got her voice again. And the intensity of hate that thrilled it startled me. May my bitterest curse rest upon you, she said slowly. You force me to defile my soul with treason. I fear no man living but you, you dishonorer of holy church. Never mind about that woman, said he. You are trying to gain time for him, I see. Tell me where he is, or I give you over in this place to... She fell on her knees and clutched his gown. I will tell you, she sobbed. But spare him, spare him. Would you slay my soul? Enough, he groaned, tearing himself away and stepping to the door. I will absorb you. But you have no more time for choice. I will call them. Her voice grew calm, as with resignation of despair. And clutching my pistols, I rose to my knees, feeling that the moment had come. He went, she said, stepping on those stones so as to leave no trail. Could I believe my ears? What an astounding actress and no traitor. All this a part of her matchless contriving. I told him, she went on brokenly to follow those stepping stones through the swell to the spring and then run down the bed of the brook till he came to the path through the pasture and the birch wood over the... No, no, I cannot tell you, for then he will have no chance of escape. He will die like a rat in a hole. Thank you, said the black abbey quietly. That will do. I know the cave. I might have thought of it myself and spared you these qualms. He stepped to the door and there was a rapid exchange of gutturals. Then the moccasin footsteps fled away softly toward the cave. But Lagane did not go. He came back into the room where Madame A crouched upon the floor, sobbing. I wondered if she would get me away or if I had better come down and settle my enemy at once. I had acquired such confidence in her resources that I decided to wait a minute or two before taking things into my own hands. Stop being a fool now, he said impatiently. Get up and bring me food. And be thankful that you have not forced me to teach you a lesson. My God, do I need more lessons? She wailed. But she arose, went to a closet and fumbled therein for a few seconds. Make haste, my daughter, said he, more smoothly and more dangerously. With a moment swift as light, she turned and faced him, the table between them. Her voice came cool and steady. Lift but a hand or give one call and you are a dead dog. Missya Abe. She had him covered with the muzzle of a large pistol. Before he could make any reply, I had sprung across the lock and was down the ladder. You wonder among women, I whispered as I passed her. Then I went and stood before the astonished priest. I regret to be uncivil, Missya, said I politely. But I must bind and gag you. 
with no loss of time or else silence you in a more effectual manner i paused to consider studying his face carefully the while it was a strange face repellent but powerful the head high and narrow the mouth wide and thin lipped the nose very long with an aggressively bulbous tip the jaw wolfish the eye pale small keen here was no lack of courage i could see she has outwitted me i am beaten can we not make terms he asked calmly looking me straight in the eye we have small time for parley said i it is plain i must kill you unless i can trust your oath i keep my oath when i give it said he curtly i turned to madame whose great eyes were flaming with excitement though the rest of her face was as calm as a statue's to the question in my own eyes she assented with a lowering of her brows swear to me by the holy ghost sir abbe said i that neither directly nor indirectly will you execute any vengeance upon madame lafleur for this day's doings that to the utmost of your power and without mental reservation you will guarantee to madame lafleur and to myself safe passage back to halifax and that any tenant whom madame lafleur may place in this house shall not be molested in his work or hindered in the payment of his rents please repeat this after me word for word the grim face stiffened the keen eyes glanced through the window it is not yet time for them to return said i but if you refuse we shall need all the time we can secure so you must decide on the instant i shall be sorry to kill you if you say no but i really cannot wait and i set my sword point convenient to his neck he shrugged his shoulders with an excellent coolness i will swear said he then word by word i gave him the oath and word by word he clearly enunciated it i lowered my point and bowed you are a bad priest but a brave man monsieur said i civilly and i am quite at ease now but monsieur interposed my fair hostess and savior you have received for me a safe conduct to halifax might i not claim the honor of being consulted time pressed too sharp for ceremony madame said i but as you must know i overheard all your conversation with monsieur lagarne and you must know it is impossible for you to remain here she blessed scarlet and made to speak but i gave her no time i beg that you will permit me to escort you to halifax and place you under the protection of the governor and his excellent lady what more i would beg i dare not yet madame less straw haste should bungle a hope but born this hour past and still diffident though sure of itself it has already grown to be the greater half of my heart you speak in hard riddles monsieur she said gravely but i desire you not to unravel them at present i will go to halifax because i think that will be wisest and i thank you for your courtesy monsieur lagarne arose from his chair with a sarcastic smile 
which set my blood boiling. He went to the door and was met by six of his followers just back from their vain errand toward Grand Prix. The vanity of it they had learned from one of the abbey's spies before they had half covered their journey. Their dark, gleaming eyes betrayed no astonishment at my attitude of easy fellowship with their master. He addressed them with autocratic brevity. Go with this gentleman and this lady to Halifax, said he. See that no hurt comes to them. You will answer to me for them until they are safe within the English walls. Turning upon his heel with a kind of disdain, he left us without farewell and strode rapidly down toward Grand Prix. I looked into the great eyes of Madame and in that look I spoke the love which it would have been presumptuous for my lips to utter. She blushed, looked down, but seemed in no wise vexed, and from this I argued well for my future. End of section 8